you know, sometimes I have just, you know, wanted to stay in bed all day. And, yeah. and I think that's also, it's good to know that, you know, you're also a human and that you can also feel like you want to give up or you don't want to continue. And that's fine. And, and I used to, again, I used to beat myself up for, for having those days and feeling like that and thinking, why am I not 100%? Why am I not flying through today? You know, why isn't everything going well? But actually, once you realise that, you know, setback, sadness, grief, uh, just part of like processing moments and you just, you, you go through the process, you know that it's not going to last forever. And I think that's also helped me massively. You know that these difficult times don't last forever. And although they might not ever like, leave you, you just become better at dealing with them. And this this concept of, obviously we're, we're both into our mindfulness practices and we have been for a number of years and we're interested and we, you know, we we hear this term a lot, positive mindset, positive mindset and so on. But the, the danger with that is that you can be sort of almost misinterpreted to think that, you also you always have to fabricate a positive mindset, whereas actually, it's about understanding that um, the full spectrum of human emotion also sits in darkness as much as it sits in light, and it's being able to get comfortable sitting in that darkness and to trust that process. Oh, welcome to the podcast with your host, Laura. <coughs> Sorry, something in my throat. Oh, that's better. Yes, welcome to my podcast, Walk with Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some wonderful human beings. Some of them will be my friends. Some of them will be people I've just met. Either way, it's going to be a scrumptiously delightful conversation that I hope you get a lot from. I hope you have some laughs. I hope you have some tears. A whole range of emotions. Either way, I hope you enjoy it. And I love you very much. And thank you very much. Here's the podcast. Did you enjoy your walk just now? It was lovely. It was a very brisk walk. I, I do notice that any time I'm walking with you, it is a slightly faster pace than the average human. And it reminds me that I am with a fitness man. A fitness guru. I was thinking the same thing about you. So, James, the, the way this goes, I'd read out a bit of an intro and then we take it from there. That's okay. <clears throat> okay, so this week's guest is widely considered to be the heartthrob of the London fitness scene. He is beautifully tanned all year round and soft yet firm to touch. He has a very punchy resume already for someone in their mid-twenties. Mid-twenties. TV shows, modelling work, a presenter on a cult online channel, not to mention the curation of his very own rather large online following. All this alongside being a PT and coach at one of the world's leading fitness providers. He is a kind-hearted, soulful gentleman who retains all of the traditional qualities that I so admire in men. He has a wise old head on a beautiful young body. <laughs> I actually didn't know if I should say that bit, but I did. Um, and since holidaying together on a special trip to Rome, my life has never quite been the same. I am, of course, referring to the one and only James Middleton. That, Lawrence, was the nicest thing anyone has ever said about me in my entire life. And I will be taking that page that you got that from and carrying it with me to my deathbed. Which bit did you particularly like? Was it the um, soft yet firm to touch bit? Yeah, that bit is, is highly observational of you. And the um, uh, wise old head on a beautiful young body. I thought when I, maybe that was a bit too weird. I maybe should have taken it out. Do you think? No, I take it. I mean, okay. the, the the young body is getting older and hairier like yours, but <laughs> the wise old head is very much trying to stay wise. Oh, good, good. Um, so this is obviously Walk with Lawrence, the podcast where I walk and talk with some fantastic people. Today it's James Milton, who I've come to know very well over the last, well, I want to say a couple of years, the last year, really. It's a mm. year ago since we were in Rome. And as you know, the whole premise of this podcast is that I walk and talk because getting outdoors, getting um, not necessarily into nature, we're in the heart of London right now, but getting outdoors and seeing all the kind of shapes around you, breathing the air into your lungs and just being on the move with people, I think stimulates better conversation. We've, we've just had a walk, haven't we, James? But we're not walking anymore. We did have a walk, but we got too out of breath because it was so fast. Is that what happened? I think there was a secret, silent competitiveness about the walking pace. <laughs> oh, okay. James has been very polite. I massively messed up. We basically walked all the way to West Brompton Cemetery because it's a really cool place to uh, actually photograph as well. The light there is actually gorgeous, but also um, it's good for sound for recording. We got all the way there 
and then realised that whilst I'd brought all my recording equipment, I forgot my book with all my deep, deep notes and um, research on James Milton. So we had to come all the way back and sit at James's table and record uh, from here, which is what we're doing now. But we think it's okay, don't we? Because we've had the walk. We, we've had the benefit from walking, that stimulation, and now we're ready to do the real deal. Absolutely. They say that sometimes the best ideas come after a brisk walk down the mean streets of Fulham. I like this. And this is why now I think we're taking a slight curve and angle on my walk with Lawrence Steam. We're not cheating. We have walked, but now we're sitting down and enjoying all of that kind of um, creativity that's oozing through our bodies. So let's put that creativity to good use, James. Are you ready for my first question to you? Let's do it. I hope they are not going to throw me, but we will are see. You, I mean, you, I know you're a nice guy, so... I'm, yeah, definitely. Like, this is just a nice, lovely conversation. And, I mean, like, firstly, are you feeling on it today? I'm, I'm not feeling on it at all. I th- I've even been, I must admit, in a bit of a bad mood all day. It's been really weird. I've got a short fuse at the moment. I don't know why. And little, I just can't seem to think straight. Do you ever have days like that? 100% all the time. I think the key, though, is to acknowledge it, accept it, don't beat yourself up, move on. Mate, absolutely. That's what I've been trying to do. And do you know what's helped? Is going to work, hanging out with lovely people, chatting to yourself. And now I feel good again, so... I think it's really, it's a really good thing, actually. And we're quite lucky in the sense in our careers where when we train people, you can walk into that gym or whatever it is and be in a really bad mood or, or be quite fed up. And you actually come out of an hour session with someone and see how happy they are and you've actually helped and improved someone's you know someone's day just by training with them so I think we're we're lucky that we get that opportunity 100% and those days turn into weeks months years and then and we can talk about this in a little bit before you know it I know that it always sounds cheesy when people say this but you've been involved with someone's amazing journey fitness journey because often fitness and their, and people's training is a metaphor for what they're doing in life they're kind of grabbing life by the horns that's the one. horns and um it's, it is a privilege to be a part of that and uh i think it's quite a unique uh it's quite a unique profession in that sense um so i mean that leads into my first question to you which is going to start by me talking about me and i apologize for that slightly narcissistic i love talking about you guys <laughs> but you know there's going to be a running theme here so basically so during the first few years as a PT for me which is over 10 years ago now obviously thanks to referring to my age my experience earlier um this is all pre-social media this is over 10 years ago and I used to call it the google problem where you would type a question regarding fitness into google and you get like a million different answers back so how on earth do you choose, you know, the right one for you? This is this is very much a real problem with the internet today. If you add on social media as well, how do you begin to navigate that? That is a very good question. I think, look, Google is still very much a, a good search engine to go by. You know, I'm certainly on it most days doing my own research. But I think what it comes down to is, you know, often people have to do their own research and that could be quite time consuming, particularly when you're going into maybe the wrong direction or you're starting to read things that aren't, you know, scientifically factual when there isn't kind of good evidence for it. And I think that's why a lot of people turn to, I'd hope say the likes of myself and yourself when it comes to fitness, health related questions, because it's almost like we do the research, we do the reading because it's part of our jobs. And then we almost collate that information, simplify it and make it very easy um, to understand for for other people. And that's the kind of, that's the way I like to see it. You know, you can, you can get lost on Google when you're looking at stuff, but I think I read this quote the other day and from from another fitness um, trainer and he said that, you know, you should be able to absorb information, um, process it and then be able to explain it to a six-year-old and have a six-year-old understanding it and that's the kind of mindset and thought process that I go by when I'm trying to talk about where did you hear stuff. that I heard that recently as well someone said that and I was like yeah that's really yeah, tough I think it was really on, tough. I think it was on Twitter and, and it's so it's so true because there are so many people fitness guys out there that massively overcomplicate things I think on purpose so people don't really understand and, yeah. they, go, and they go oh here's my book you can buy as well loads more about it because you know you yeah. understand it and I think it's about 
cutting through that and, and making it very easy. Yeah, I, I will say it's a bit like the kind of um, nouveau cuisine chefs of like the 80s or, or whenever when they're all these kind of egos jostling for position trying to create the most complex dishes. And then in the 90s, you get people like Jamie Oliver or Rick Stein coming forward and being like, no, just kind of like do the simple things well. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, that populist ap- approach to cooking means so many more people get into cooking and it has this positive effect. And we can kind of do the same with fitness, right? Massively, massively. It's like Rick Stein said, look, here's some sea bass, put some lemon on it and you're good. And it's kind of like fitness, yeah. isn't it? Just get a de- just find a decent fish. Like if you, if, you wanna, if you want success in your fitness journey, find decent high quality fish to start off with and then you're, you're sorted maybe a little bit of bechamel sauce um that's the complex bit but just lightly boil some potatoes but again go for good quality new potatoes don't yeah 100% and if you want a good meal yeah you get the good sea bass which is you yeah and you throw on some good potatoes which is me and together oh wait actually we need some veg but we'll yeah come to that well anyway yeah you're right maybe we can spit the veg but then you've got a meal and that and that I know it sounds silly but that is quite a good metaphor for doesn't sound silly at all I'm I like it. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're agreeing basically that the internet is amazing. It is. I mean, we both use it, um, you know, we hope um, for, for, for good, for the powers of good. Um, you know, we have more information and inspiration than ever before because of the internet, which is great. But the lack of regulation is something that really frustrates you, isn't it, James? Massively. And... I only really started noticing it as I grew um, on Instagram and and became a lot more involved with uh, interacting with people and helping people um, on 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 the platform. And I I kept reading just you know utter nonsense and these fitness myths and fad diets and it was just blasted everywhere. And I remember about two years ago, I used to believe that. Um, you know, drinking coffee before a workout made you lose weight or, you know, you had to eat breakfast, otherwise your metabolism slows down and you couldn't eat past 8pm because, you know, you wouldn't, di- you know, you wouldn't digest it properly and you put on weight. And then you, you actually do the research yourself and you come to realise that these are all just myths. But, but mm. as an everyday consumer, you know, why wouldn't you believe that? I used to believe things like that. And it's, mm. it does frustrate me because there are a lot of people preying on people's vulnerability and, perhaps naivety out there to, yeah. to kind of gain advantage. Um, but equally, I think there's also now a lot of good personal trainers who are trying to put the world right. And mm. I sort of put myself in that category. It's a hard... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was talking to, to Matthew Carter recently. We were recording an episode and he was like, it's a hard sell to say, join the gym so that you can, you know, run for the bus without, you know, passing out and you can, you know, lift things off a shelf when you're 80 without arthritic issues. It's, it's, it's not very sexy compared to six-week abs join now blitz before the end of such and such and then we'll give you the package and means in which to do it and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's a bit harder to sell, isn't it? Massively. Um, although I'd still be quite a big fan of running for the bus and not passing out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where do I sign <laughs> <Yeah>. up? <laughs> Um, okay, cool. So, I mean, how, how can people, so people listening who are maybe early on in their fitness journey and they're trying to differentiate between, you know, an experienced coach with an online following, which is uh, yeah, the category I'd like to put us in, mm-hmm. that versus um, a fitness influencer who, with all the best intentions, just may be a bit naive with the advice they, they're offering. How, how might one differentiate between the two? I think... It's hard to start and know exactly, you know, who talks uh, sense and who doesn't. I think you have to almost experiment yourself with fitness guys. And, you know, I've done it myself. You follow them for a bit. You you see a couple of things which you think aren't quite right. And then you make your judgment and, and you think, actually, no, I don't really like the tone of his voice. Or I don't like his ethos. He said a few things which which I know aren't right. And, and you kind of do that yourself. But I think another way... Of, oh, I'm setting the alarm at 3am to do three shots of beetroot juice followed by apple cider vinegar do I need to be doing this just to be a bit fitter healthier and happier do you know what I'd way rather someone sleep for another yeah you know what? I'd actually way yeah. rather someone sleep for another hour than wake up at six and do a shot of apple cider vinegar and suddenly think they're going to lose weight we'll just pour it pour it um 
point into that eye because that would really hurt be painful and if you do something really painful that starts the day the rest of the day is just going to be an improvement exactly and then if, if, if you're in pain then your, your adrenaline's going that means your yeah. metabolism speeds Actually, up and suddenly you can eat nine eggs and you'll be fine can we write this down because it's quite good we, we could probably package that up and sell it that is as good. advised do you know what's interesting <laughs> you mentioned beetroot there's that whole um, hoo-ha and I'm sure we'll talk about it about the Game Changers documentary on Netflix I haven't seen it yet have you seen it veganism I, I, I basically watched snippets that yeah. I knew that were slightly dodgy okay. um, but one of those snippets they said that um, beetroot juice athletes were taking beetroot juice and it increased their bench press by 19% and that was that and that all these other factors that could potentially be involved we'll save for another documentary that we won't market. I mean, I'm, I, again, I'm sounding like, you know, sceptic and being very cynical and so I don't mean to, you know, I, 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 I'll reserve judgment until I've seen it. Um, we, I was actually going to ask you about veganism and a few things later on as well. So park that thought, James Middleton, we'll come back to it. But it's a very, very interesting topic right now. Um, James, a little bit more about myself. I don't know if you know, but um, I've been in... Uh, the national press a few times I don't really like to bring it up but one of the times I was quoted in the financial times the quote I said was something along the lines of this when it comes to social media those with all the power lack the knowledge and those with the knowledge lack the power do you like that that's good thank you I do like that I'm actually paraphrasing myself because I think what I was actually quoted as was a little bit um a little bit more sort of uh, better rounded than that but th- you get the idea basically basically they edited it much better they, yeah yeah and I couldn't remember and I couldn't do that but that the whole idea was this you know the, this whole concept of when um, social media first kind of burst onto the scene uh, particularly Instagram it's a visual platform like we were talking about earlier people would go for or be attracted to style over substance so you would get a lot of accounts gaining lots of early growth um, from people who perhaps didn't have the knowledge or the experience as wellness practitioners. And then the second and third waves, a few years down the line, when all of a sudden Instagram is so big it can't be ignored by professionals and businesses, there's a second th- or third wave, as I say, of um, genuine, um, experienced, um, knowledgeable practitioners trying to build up their following, which is the substance playing catch-up. And I feel like we reached a bit of a tipping point you know, a year or two ago where... There was too much style over substance, but I feel like now the substance is catching up with the style somewhere. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Completely. And I think it's really good and refreshing to see um, because if you're putting good substance out, initially it might not gain traction, but eventually those who follow you for the reasons that they do will be consuming the substance, you know, the helpful substance and they will stay there because you're, you know, you've got that point of difference. And I think I've been guilty of it in the past. It's all too easy to want to put a photo up and not put any substance and just put, you know, a, you know, a six pack photo up or, you know, a nice little. Yeah, uh, it's what people call it the hook or the Trojan horse effect where you want to grab people's attention, but then you underpin it with a sort of deeper, more meaningful, educational. Yeah, caption yeah. And so, on. so that's I mean, that's a good method, but um you know, even just sometimes you're like, right, I just want to, you know, put up a photo and get a load of likes and yeah. put my phone away and feel good. So I do that. Yeah. But actually, I think you're right. A lot of people um, are concentrating more on actually the content. And I think that that kind of ties in with, you know, the potentially will Instagram take away people being able to see likes or not. And I think for that reason, it would be a really good thing because I think it will mean a lot more people will just be putting out content that they want to put out rather than putting out content to appeal to an audience or to appeal to people that they think will like it. Yeah. And it's very easy to get lost in that trap. And and I think, you know, the guys who put out substance time and time again and, and kind of stick to like a um, the same kind of pattern, you know, will eventually make headway with mm. it. And I think, you know, it's it's also very easy to get you know, in, in a huff and a puff when you when you put out a piece of content and it doesn't do very well and it doesn't get any good engagement, you know, but it's about doing it because you enjoy it yeah. and you can't give up just because after, you know, you put 10 posts out and they've all flopped. You yeah. just got to you keep yeah. going. It's hard, but it's one of those things. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, where I've struggled in the past is, because um, I think, like we're saying, particularly if you're a fitness professional, you understand that 
Um, the topic of fitness is a really wide topic with a broad horizon. There's so many different angles to discuss it. And, you know, the experiences you have with one client might differ from the experiences you have with someone else. So that there's lots of kind of, it depends to the start of each kind of answer to any question and so on. So it's very hard to kind of, I find, curate just one or two themes that you can then bang the drum about, which people will kind of re- will relate to and understand and, and sort of see you as the guide to go to for, um, let's say, intermittent fasting or the guide to go to for paleo or the guide to go to for lean and 15, hit workouts and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't always lend itself to getting deep into the topics, which is, again, <clears throat> why we love doing the podcast and what we talked about earlier is getting deep under the subjects and having that long conversation but again it's a harder sell isn't it you've got to sit down and listen to a podcast for 30 minutes an hour you can't just look at a minute video or whatever yeah We're constant battle between um you know what you know what what we want to put out and also what gets people's attention and we need to play um play the game in the right kind of way to be able to marry the two understand that instagram is a visual platform and it should be inspirational visually and appealing and aesthetic and the rest of it but also trying to get quality content and advice in there but it's really not easy the more highbrow you go the harder it becomes not i mean i don't want us to sound like elite know-it-all fitness pros at all but we are <laughs> but um it's it is a bit of a challenge isn't it and you, have you seen some people really nail it very well and it isn't an art form it's a skill yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so let's talk about social... Sorry, fiddling fiddling with this foam. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Fiddling with foam. There's a... Basically, like, being an amateur podcaster, you're, you're eternally kind of paranoid about the sound. With the episode with Matthew Carter, we had these planes going overhead, and it took me two weeks to sort it out. So we're sat indoors now, which is very different to normal, so we're out and about, which is great. But James has just seen me fiddling with a bit of foam right by my microphone that I didn't even realise I was doing. So thank you, James, for it's being fine. professional. <clears throat> I've literally been holding in a fart for about five minutes. <laughs> Let it out. So I should Let have it done out. it whilst you were fiddling. Let it Because out. outdoors, you know, that would have gone yeah. the wind. But <laughs> now my tummy's on <laughs> Oh, dear. That does, I hope that paints a picture for everyone. And we, again, um, we, we sat here just in our pants as well, so... Perfect. That's a nice image. Mine are coming off in the last 10. <laughs> okay, James. Um, let's talk about social media in general. So it doesn't have to be fitness related. It can be... We, we, we now can branch out if you so choose, but there's no pressure, of course, if you choose. But let's talk about social media in general. Um, I personally um, have had... You know, I have far more positives to focus on in my experiences with social media than negative experiences, but I know that's not true for everyone. Um, you know, I'm also fully aware that there are issues that can occur too uh, within the social media sphere. Um, what is your take on the whole phenomenon in terms of positives and negatives of social media? I definitely think that there are both. Um, I'm not going to be too diplomatic and sit on the fence because I am in favour that social media is a more positive place than negative. The reason being is because every person who has a social media account has the choice of who they follow and has the choice of what they see on a day-to-day basis and who they interact with. So from that perspective, because you are in control of your social media and what you are consuming, when people say, you know, there's lots of bad stuff on social media and, and stuff that is ruining young kids' perception of what you know, being healthy is, and it's not all about, you know, looking good in a, in a bikini and doing, you know, loads of squats to get a big booty and things like that. It's, mm. it's, that for me is, is I understand the argument, but then, you know, don't follow people that have a negative impact on you. And within that, that's obviously quite hard because sometimes we do just like looking at the nice photos of people, you know, mm. whether it's, <clears throat> people with a lot of money living a nice lifestyle or good looking you know males females males in your case Lawrence and, thank you very much um, and I, I think that that is part and parcel I guess of the aesthetics of Instagram um, but you know if you I, I did a cull the other day um, and it's so funny when people say oh, I did a cull because it sounds a little bit like I need to check if you're still following me yeah I, I actually took about 30 <laughs> seconds <laughs> The, the recent sloggy underwear <laughs> threw me. 
it's been it's been an underwear weekend. Yes, um, I did actually enjoy that. But thank you. Um, and and it was actually really really relieving. And I would encourage people to do that because you you start following people that you know you can walk away with like a positive mindset or information that you didn't know about before that actually contribute yeah. to your life in, in, in a good way and um it's it's hard for for younger kids i know because you know what 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 do you believe you know you might follow someone who you think is good but are actually yeah you know, ruining your um your ego and um you know your your your, your positive mindset yes. so to speak so i think I, I think it is largely positive and and the negatives are unfortunately you know you have the guys with massive followings who don't really know much about things that, you know, uh, selling skinny coffee and things like that. And, and we that, were and getting their comeuppance now. The, the they are. New watershed moments of banning skinny tea adverts and so on, which is great. There's a bit of, um, I suppose, um, uh, you know, what's what's the word? Um, I mentioned it earlier. Um, good riddance. Good riddance. <laughs> that would be even better. Um, regu- regulation. Ah, yeah, regulation. Yeah, so, you know, previously this unregulated wild west of a marketing kind of uh, frontier landscape is now, you know, um, you know, the, the chickens are coming home to roost. Was they, it are. Geese? they are, but yeah. they've taken quite a long time. It's taken a while. Home, it's it? taken a while. And like, like is often the case, things have to almost hit rock bottom before they come sort of streaming back up for the changes to be made. But we've seen some positive, again, everything we were talking about earlier in terms of, you know, like the substance slowly overtaking style, we've seen some positive moves now from the regulatory bodies, regulatory bodies. That was a bit of a tongue twister. Um, so we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, I think, again, I think it's such a good point you make. And I think that one of the key questions to ask yourself about the accounts that you're watching, viewing, and I, you know, things that images and messages that pop up in front of your eyes day in day out and a lot of people see these messages when they wake up you know just before they go to bed so they're going to embed themselves in your psyche is to ask yourself the question is it serving you the people that you're that you're reading into and you're buying into even subliminal messages even if you're thinking ah you know i'm not going to sort of dwell too much on that negative sort of post whatever it might be um, is it serving you? Is it serving you? Um, I also think that um, traditional media, so if you think of kind of the printed press, you know, 20 years ago before social media, where there would be a few people to decide what we were shown in terms of um, what fitness meant from an aesthetic, physical, lifestyle, point of view, whatever it might be. I actually think that social media has been awesome showing us real people's stories as well and showing us that it's not about the kind of 80s bodybuilder on the front of a kind of magazine, whatever it might be, and that real people having real journeys and real struggles as well because, you know, as we know, part of the process in making progress in the gym is dealing with setbacks and so on as well. Um, Which leads me to my next question, James, because I like to think that training is a kind of metaphor for life in this way. You know, you, you you know when you're when you're training, you're challenging the body. It's breaking down so that it regenerates stronger. Life can be like that when you come up against challenges in life. Um, that's where personal growth really occurs, right? Completely. And I like your um, famous motto. I didn't see it in the Financial Times, but it should be in there. When it's you know, it's train to live, don't live to train. Oh, I know. So good. I know you, you orgasm inside every time you hear these words and they've come from your own mouth. But I, I really like it. And I think that part of training, um, it, there's nothing wrong with having an aesthetic goal in training. You know, everyone wants to look good or at least a lot of people. But for me, particularly over the last few months, I've enjoyed my training so much more when my goal has been getting stronger or feeling better and and seeing that progress you know daily weekly monthly and actually being able to see the progression and you know like I think a a lot of happiness is based on um progression and, and and seeing that you've come from a to b and you've put in hard work and that you're achieving something um which you've put a lot of sacrifice into and 
that has made it so like, I was getting quite bored in the gym and it's quite hard because you know we, we're training people all the time and sometimes finding the motivation to train ourselves can be difficult as a personal trainer yeah. believe it or not and I think I set myself that goal of wanting to get stronger and just changing it up and it kind of gave me that kick and you know when I come to the end of that I'll look for you know perhaps another reason to to do it but I think the the underlying is is it makes you feel so good and when things around your you in life are kind of crumbling down you do have that one anchor which can be training yeah you can have a really shit day at work feel like you're losing control of all these kind of things and then go to the gym have an amazing session and still finish the day and go to bed feeling really good like you've made progress like you say um not to mention you know that kind of physical um you know uh linked to that hormonal reaction that you get and just feeling the good the feel good factor from training as well um yeah massively um i mean i veered off slightly again out of fitness then into kind of you know um how dealing with setbacks and life and so on as well have you have you found um you know dealing with those challenges in the gym and that whole metaphor for life has been useful for you in life in general how do you approach the highs and lows of life yeah I mean so to be completely honest two months ago when I lost my little brother um, who was meant to be turning 20 a few days ago that was probably the most difficult thing I've ever had to experience in my life and I have to say I've been very lucky up until now I haven't had that many major setbacks and when something like that happens to you completely unexpected suddenly your whole world turns upside down and actually everything that you've been talking about about being mentally strong and and positive and sticking to the gym it's almost like it's now about trying to put that into practice and you, you can never describe what it's like you know losing a family member particularly a younger sibling but the thing that's really helped me the most is you know, having that go to um, almost not really a distraction because you never f- forget about it, but just something that you can keep doing every day or every other day and walking away and still feeling good in in, in some kind of sense of the word. Um, and I think that honestly, I'm so grateful and thankful that everything that I've been doing up until this point is kind of an ingrained and an habit because that has helped me enormously. I think if I was in a bad place mentally before that or, you know, turn to alcohol for other problems and stuff, I think it can become a downward spiral, which is why I'm such a big advocate of having, you know, healthy habits and developing healthy habits and growing healthy habits because it just makes you a stronger person to deal with you know massive setbacks and and I honestly think that it's it's really really proven you know to to work for me and to kind of keep me moving forward yeah we we we've spoken obviously off, offline and um you know I I struggle to get my my head around what you've been through and can't can't quite fathom it um but I I just think that's that advice that the answers you know they're not in the bottom of a bottle you know about finding the healthy option and finding those habits to be able to kind of keep moving forward in that way is is amazing advice and um yeah um you know hopefully anyone out there going through a hard time at the moment can can implement that into their routine into their life as well and um and uh you know position themselves in the, in the way in the way that you have over the last couple of months James it's been amazing to see and don't get me wrong you know there are days where you don't feel like it and there are days really really difficult days and you know sometimes I have just you know wanted to stay in bed all day and and I think that's also it's good to know that you know you're also a human and that you can also feel like you want to give up or you don't want to continue and that's fine and and I used to again I used to beat myself up for for having those days and feeling like that and thinking why am I not 100% why am I not flying through today you know why isn't everything going well but actually once you realise that, you know, setback, sadness, grief, uh, just part of like processing moments and you just, you, you go through the process, you know that it's not going to last forever. And I think that's also helped me massively. You know that these difficult times don't last forever. And although they might not ever like, leave you, you just become better at dealing with them. 
And this this concept of obviously we're we're both into our mindfulness practices and we have been for a number of years and we're interested and we you know we we hear this term a lot positive mindset positive mindset and so on but the the danger with that is that you can be sort of almost misinterpreted to think that you also you always have to fabricate a positive mindset whereas actually it's about understanding that um the full spectrum of human emotion also sits in darkness as much as it sits in light and it's being able to get comfortable sitting in that darkness and to trust that process 100 um yeah amazing um so i just want to we're in quite a deep space of this conversation at the moment and so i want to i want to sort of you know i want to continue this depth if i may and this is this is the question I ask people often, but but you know, bearing in mind where you are in your life at the at the moment in this current chapter, right here, right now, and um, you know, what what advice do you think your future self, say, you know, fifty year old James, what advice would he give you for this current chapter right now? It would definitely be go for it, stop thinking about it, just do it, because I. And I keep, t- I say, I say my, sorry, tell myself that a lot, particularly recently when, when you're kind of working for yourself or you're self-employed and, and you're running your own business, you have that kind of risk, which you can see, which is like an arm's length away and you want to leap forward and, and, and take it. But then you have all these thoughts in your head, you know, the what ifs and stuff. And for a long period of time, I was just waiting for the right moment. And I think that's so dangerous because the universe doesn't, it doesn't align for you. It never will. It's about taking those steps and having things align whilst you are taking them. Like the universe will never make it the perfect opportunity to do something. So for me, it's definitely, if you have, if you want to do something, just go out and do it and don't, don't wait and don't think about it too much. Mm. And yeah, and then, you know, the, the the temporary nature of life and the, the fact that we're all on this timeline you know as you say there it, there really is no time like the present we have to seize it with and it's hard not to talk in cliches when talking about this because we all know that you know we 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 should be living you know seizing each day as it comes and we should be living with a sense of purpose and urgency we all know that we should be living like that but actually deeply emotionally believing it so that the intent is actioned out on a day-to-day basis. That's the hard part for people to get to, isn't it? And it's not until you reach a point, an emotional state in which you truly believe it because of life events or whatever it might be, that you actually then start implementing those those changes often. But it'd be amazing if we could reach that headspace, um, you know, without the need for um, t- those experiences to have to occur to get us there. Does that make, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I find that myself in life, you know... I, recently um again just from experiences of life and going going on this journey um i more than ever believe um that life is an amazing privilege that we have every day and it's there to be lived and um you know i have such excitement about being alive and so on okay i woke up today in a bad mood which is why it surprised me because i'm not normally kind of like that um but this sense of um energy and this excitement about taking on each day you know I've never really felt it as much as I feel it now and it is um it's an amazing place to be in um yeah Mm. so um a couple more questions for you James we'll go back to the kind of fitness e-world if you like let's loop it back in let's loop it back in um we again this this is to kind of help people again who are listening who are thinking about getting into fitness and into their training and perhaps they're thinking about engaging the services of a personal trainer um, or coach, let's say. Um, what makes a good PT? Boom. That just reminds me, you know, when, <laughs> at university when you're just staring at the title of yeah. a blank Word document and you're like, right, I've got 5,000 words. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, a good PT is a really good question. And... Um, I, again, quite recently have been looking at a lot of other quite, you know, big time PTs, if you like, and like su- successful PTs. Um, looking at me? Yeah, mainly US guys, actually. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Don't, don't always need to look. Sometimes 
you can't see the wood for the trees. Sometimes what you've always been looking for is on your doorstep, James. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, that, that, I mean, that quote. <laughs> I didn't even see, we should have had a Financial Times report. Yeah, here. I think they'll be back on the phone yeah, after this will. podcast goes out. No, that down, that one, guys. <laughs> so a good, a good personal trainer. Um, initially, I used to think that a personal trainer was someone who uh, gets paid to get someone into the shape that they want to get in and achieve their goals. And it was quite straightforward. It was quite simple. But there is so much more to being a good personal trainer than that. And I think one of the things that I've learned um, along the way and... I've, I've noticed is a common theme amongst, you know, the really good personal trainers out there is like being a human to the, to the client, you know, not, not having that wall in the way that, you know, you're a fitness um, expert, so to speak. And this person knows nothing and is, and just, you know, is trying to learn. And then once you have that hour with them, boom, it's cut off, you know, with all my clients, I would say that I speak to most of them almost daily. And it's about, you know, as well as understanding their their goals and what they want to achieve, it's about finding out where they grew up, where they went to school, um, what their favourite foods are, what they like to do in their free time, who they hang out with, where they go out, um, you know, yeah. are they married? And, and, and finding out so much more about that person because that really, I've found, has helped me train people in different styles, um, get to know them you build that like rapport up with them and it, it really actually opens them up to you and and suddenly they then feel more comfortable to asking you you know maybe like much more personal questions and stuff and you know the other day I said to a lady um it was only her second session but we developed you know a, a, I always have an initial phone call before I take on clients just to kind of break the ice and find out a bit more about them but it was only the second session and I said to her um I won't say her name but I said to her so just um you know as we go on through the sessions um i just want to know you know where you are on your menstruation cycle and she kind of looked at me and said what and i said you know i just need to know if you know when you come on your period or, or what time of the month you're on and she kind of looked at me quite frightening and i said this is only to help me understand that the period you know when you're building up to menstruation that you might be sore you might be tired you might be lacking sleep then i can adapt your program and that as soon as i said that immediately broke down that barrier and was like wow this guy actually cares about something mm. deep like that which you know I'm not kind of blowing my own trouble but I'm saying like personal trainers should have that that connection and should have that you know ability to be able to discuss something like that to help people with training and once people trust you with things like that then it, it just really helps them achieve their goals in a much more in, enjoyable way and and you end up becoming actually you know like almost friends with them um, and yeah. I think that's key that question that you've asked actually I know it's a very personal one but I've noticed it popping up more on um, physio questionnaires you only go to see um, uh, a physio or um, a therapist of some description that, that question's there as well but when, when you actually talking when you started talking there the word that was in my head was 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 compassion and then you started to talk about compassion um, you know I think it's so important one of the things that really frustrates me and has frustrated me over the years is when you talk to trainers who see the clients coming in and having a, just program numbers and words on a page to then inflict a process upon whoever walks through the door but with, and, and who complains, oh God, you know, I'm there to train, I'm not there to listen to all their problems or to hear this or to hear that. And I think that just completely misses the point. I think you need to understand the emotional state of your client if you're going to get the best out of them physically and to know when to dial it up, know when to dial it down, whatever it might be. And so listening is, and, and asking questions is a huge part of being a, a quality personal trainer. I think that's it. I think you've really hit the nail on the head there, listening. You know, a lot of trainers um, out there, it's just kind of a, a one-way dialogue and it's them trying to offload information stuff. But actually, sometimes the best thing to do is listen and yeah. take on board what they're going through. You know, their stresses, yeah. their 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 amount of sleep you know they might be you know going through you know a breakup or something and that plays into you know your performance some some sessions um it's the right time to get technical and explain exactly why you're doing certain things and to go deep into movements whatever but then other sessions like you've mentioned before 
it's that minimal dose for maximal effect, being able to explain it to a six-year-old, almost just giving three simple cues to a client whilst you're listening to them talk about issues they're, they're going through. And um, that, that's a real skill. And that, I think that's, um, that's what signifies a great PT is being able to, is to be able to combine that, that listening ability with the coaching cues and to observe what's physically going on in front of them as well as what's going on emotionally in front of them as well. Oh, good. I feel like coming for a PT session with you now, James. I think we should actually do that. I, I would actually love... You know what I think? I'm, I really think that personal trainers... So I'm currently training a personal trainer. Mm. And I, I, I love the fact that she's come to me and said, I want to learn more. You know, yeah. And I yeah. want to see what your training style is. And, and I think that's a good idea. I generally would love to just do a personal training with you. I, mean, I think um, coaches need coaches. And we're in the profession of coaching we believe in it and so it makes complete sense to be coached by the trainers and one, one of the big highlights for my um you know it, as my time as a PT approaches 13 years it's the last two or three years that have been the best not because I've been in the game for that period of time but because it's the last two or three years that I've been involved with such an amazing network of other trainers that I've learned so much from um, every time you train with another coach you learn you learn something you pick something up and the, the energy rubs off on you. I think it's really important to surround yourself with the cluster. You know, that old adage of surrounding yourself with the five people you want to be the average of and so on, etc. In a professional point of view, and particularly in the world of personal training, where traditionally it's been full of lone wolves who have been um, hyper-paranoid about other personal trainers and so on. But any other personal trainers listening to this, I highly recommend that you find a group of four, five, six, seven, whatever however many other personal trainers that you rate and that you respect and start hanging out start training together start getting together and not yeah, actually not well yeah <laughs> sometimes in some cases you know um okay cool so similar thread um and you did touch on this earlier i just held it at bay because i wanted to chat about it now James Milton, where is your head at with regards this this huge growing movement of veganism? I think that we should all be eating a uh, a, a more plant based diet, and I say a more plant based diet because I'll touch on that. But I I do honestly believe that to to be healthy, that you know we should on our plate base our meals around plants, and that should be the staple, and then everything else comes around it. I think that um, there are there is a lot of evidence out there to suggest that it, it is it's healthy, it's good, it's much more sustainable. Obviously, that said, there are conflicting. I'm not not conflicting, but kind of pseudoscience documentaries, just like this Game Changers one on Netflix, which has got a lot of attention because they paid Arnold Schwarzenegger a lot of money to sit, to be in it for eight seconds. But, Ooh, but we won't go into that. Scathing. Um, but <laughs> no, then, and, and there are documents like that, which obviously have an agenda. Um, and that's why you have to take things like that with a pinch of salt. And, you know, um, a lot of people will watch it and take it literally. And I've had quite a few questions about it and what I think. But on the whole, I do think that, um, you know, we should be eating a load of veg and, yeah. and, and organic sustainable food. That said, I think fish is a very, very important um, part of the diet. I eat a lot of fish. It's one of the best sources of omega-3. It's got neurological um, benefits, uh, cognitive benefits. If you're watching Rick Stein again. Mental benefits, yeah. I mean, his sea bass is. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's... I, I, I think eating fish and some red meat, for example once a week I now try and eat red meat once a week it's still good because you've got the vitamin B12s you've got the iron that you perhaps don't get from other sources for people who are completely plant-based or vegan I think it's great but I think you just have to be aware and um, knowledgeable of the kinds of foods that you should be eating as so long as you're ha having a healthy balanced diet then I think it's then I think it's good so what um what influences your decision making when it comes to what you eat um Will it be from purely a nutritional standpoint in relation to your physical goals or are there other factors that come into it? For me, it's, I mean, I've always loved eating food that tastes good. And Oh yeah, and we're I, foodies, aren't we? Yeah, we're foodies. And, I, and you can be healthy and be a foodie. Oh yeah. And that's when the whole balanced moderation comes in and you can actually make really healthy food taste very good. 
Just put loads of salt on it. As we, as we experienced in Rome. <laughs> exactly. The most amazing um, uh, truffle pasta carbonara. What was it? We were pigs. Oh my goodness. We were good. pigs. They must, I think that's why we didn't get the callback. <laughs> we ate all the macaroni cheese. <laughs> when, when the shavings of parmesan on top of it is incredible. Oh, truffle coming out of the chef's ears. Oh, amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 yeah, you know that. you know, And, and I think that people think having a healthy diet is bland and boring mm. but you can certainly mix up and it doesn't even have to be complicated like we were saying you know the whole rick stein jamie oliver thing you can you can eat a healthy healthy meal and and keep it quite simple 100 um, percent um definitely i've for years i felt like oh gosh it's like my dirty secret as a fitness professional i can't let people know that i'm a foodie first and foremost before i am a kind of nutritionally interested human and i have to have to talk in numbers and kind of macros and all this kind of stuff with i don't live like that i don't care i i eat um food which i try and you know i, I generally like things to be artisan locally sourced and seasonal because i get excited about sourcing you know vegetables at this time of year if it's autumn whatever it might be going to a local farm shop and so on but you know it's hard having um you know you then have these conversations um either at work or um or interviews or whatever about what's right nutritionally for you and I'm like do you know what what's right for me nutritionally is what makes me happy mm, yeah um, and it's different to everyone yeah you know, some people need to have a certain amount of x whereas someone else might have to have a certain amount of y but I always say to myself whenever I'm eating this is fueling my body. I don't really look at it as any other way. And I think, you know, I, obviously I want it to taste good, but at the end of the day, this is fueling my body for me to perform my day-to-day mm. activities. The whole, um, yeah, I've realised that if I don't have breakfast, I feel um, slight, you know, I almost have this kind of slight lack of, cognitive function verging on slight sort of anxiety and I'm like I feel like I need to nourish my body early in the morning which is obviously some other people like friends of mine completely disagree they're like I need to have an empty stomach when I train in the morning and it, again this just proves the whole horses for courses thing um, but finding what works for you and so on obviously completely and it's you know it's the whole thing of what diet works best for you is the one that you enjoy you can sustain and you know you don't end up disregarding after five days of crying into your you know lunchtime at 2 p.m in a very hungry stomach but the thing is most people want um so most the regular person in the street who um outside of the fitness and wellness echo chamber that you and i exist in who doesn't have um you know maybe like the nutritional and fitness interests and maybe way down the pecking order number four and five and so on because they've got other bigger important stuff to focus on don't necessarily want to spend time kind of delving deep into what you know they should be eating to support their life goals or you know whether even if it's just more energy or if it's more if it's to um you know if it's to monitor um, body composition whatever it might be so people tend to like having packaged kind of like we were saying earlier, things which are very easily marketable, packaged solutions saying two days a week, only eat 500 calories or whatever it might be. People people love it. There's a huge market for that, isn't there? Is it, is it, it, I mean, do you think we'll ever see beyond diet culture? I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's very much, you know, going to be quite prominent for quite a long period of time. Um, it's good to have variety and I think I think it is honestly I think the diets out there some of them are fantastic you know I don't let's take intermittent fasting I don't do it myself but I think it's fantastic for some people because it gives who, them an understanding of calories which they wouldn't have had before exactly and and it makes people realize like oh actually you don't you know you don't need to have breakfast breakfast doesn't speed up your metabolism you know they only say that because your metabolism is working earlier on in the day because you've had yeah. a meal but but it's good and and it's the same with I mean, I won't get onto keto. What did you have a breakfast this morning? I had a mat, I had a big breakfast. I had, what was it? I had two bagels with cream cheese, what? salmon, oh. spinach, tomatoes. What type of bagel did you get? Poached for? eggs. Just go for the standard wholemeal. Um, Very nice. Wholemeal ones. Is this in situ at home or was this out and about? This was in situ at home. Oh, amazing, James. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, I did the weird thing and had breakfast that was left over supper, which was slow-cooked lamb bean spinach stew which really freaks people out that see that's the difference between living in london and living in the countryside that is mental it's like 
honestly, I feel like, for, again... No wonder why you're in a bad <laughs> mood. <laughs> you had to have like maybe, Do you know what? Actually, we ran out of coffee and I'm literally reliant on a really strong black coffee every morning. Um, plus, I'm experimenting with the CBD at the moment. Are you? Before bed, I took... So I've been having various lotions and I've been rubbing various creams on various kind of injury, historical injury sites in the body and so on and... Um, and then last night I tried to take, you know, these droplets, you take some droplets and then you, it, it's a dietary supplement. So you kind of ingest it, you take it through your mouth, you swallow it, you drink it. And I've been sleeping like a baby. I've been sleeping so well, solid eight hours. And then today I just feel groggy and almost a bit, you know, I don't know. It's, I'm trying to suss it. I'm not going to blame it completely on the, the CBD oil, but, um, Maybe it's because I didn't have coffee. Maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's a bit of everything. But I'm not blaming it on the lamb and bean stew. That, that is a great selection. We all know that is 100% the reason <laughs> why you're feeling in a way. Maybe. Mood. Maybe it is. Um, yeah. So my view on breakfast, and again, for me, it's not about, again, as you say, like, you know, calories in, calories out throughout the day, throughout the week. For me, it's about um, how I feel mentally and my cognitive function. And I know from... From, from my kind of historical behavior over the last five, six years that I make better choices nutritionally if I start the day with a nourishing breakfast for me personally. And I know then I feel my energy, the first few hours of work, I'm on it, I feel good. Um, I know that I've already nourished the body, I've made the right kind of choices at 6, 7 a.m., therefore I'm more likely to make the right choices again at 12 and 1. For me, my behavior, because I've got such bad kind of, you know, I'm... I'm terrible. When I'm hungry, I just eat anything. So if I miss breakfast and then, which I do a couple of days a week, just because I think it's a good practice and it's good, um, you know, almost like mindful practice as much as it is physical. But then sometimes I get to lunchtime and I'm just like, give me anything. And I'm just like, you know, grabbing the stuff that I know probably isn't going to serve me as well as other kind of choices. But yeah. Pret sandwiches. But yeah. I mean, like, so it all comes down to this whole self management and getting to know yourself and how you operate you know your true self and we can get really deep about this and talk about our kind of deep consciousness um separate to you know our ego separate to our mind and all these other elements and aspects that come into it um but understanding the way that you tick and who you really are is often the best way of understanding what diet in inverted commas works for you or just the right way to eat you know for you but um you know there's going to be an ongoing debate about diet culture and this whole binge restrict cycle or restrict binge recycle which doesn't work um in the long term and it's heavily marketed it it makes a lot of people a lot of money but how do you sell a kind of how do you sell what i've just said you know there's no packaged um product to stick in a book i don't know maybe we should we should try and write that book james yeah, we actually should. I think I think writing it wouldn't be an issue. It'd just be selling it. Yeah, I mean, I just call a couple of sales guys in. Like. Someone, if anyone out there listening to this is a real kind of marketing guru and knows how for us to kind of package and put together, I don't know what would we call it. The sort of wholesome living, the guide to wholesome living. Let's not give away too much. No, let's not. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to you on that one. Ah, oh, James, guess what? We are approaching the hour mark. This was only meant to be 30, 40 minutes. Crikey. We're very deep souls, that's why, I think. We are talking way too much. So let's let's finish off. the Now, you've, you've scuppered me slightly with this one, James. Before, the day before I interview my guests on my podcast, I always like to ask them what their favourite song is of the moment because uh, as a big music lover myself, I kind of feel that, the, the lyrics, the the melody, the mood of a song really kind of, um, it really kind of denotes what state of mind and where you're at. And I think that you can get really deep into the, your the psyche of your current state um, by discussing the music that you're really into at the moment. Does that make sense? But the song that you've given me has three lyrics, which are "I feel it," which goes over and over again. I feel it. I feel it. I mean, I think there's no... There's, okay, do you know the lyrics to the song? Yeah, there's seven lyrics. Can you sing it to me, please? Sing it to me. 
I feel it deep in my heart. I feel it deep in my heart. I feel it. You're right. But yeah, sometimes less is more. No, you're right, James. You're right. And the reason why I didn't choose a you know a sort of Aerosmith don't want to miss a thing (laughs) which I know you wanted me to do yes (laughs) I wanted to sing it with you um is because this song came on um like about a month ago on my my gym playlist and I was in a really good mood everything despite what happened to me was was going well and it came on and I just you know took a shot of beetroot juice and suddenly bench press 90% more (laughs) (laughs) no and and I, it just, it made me feel good. And then, and I went away and then, and then it was one of those songs where every time I played it in the gym or just out and about, I'd kind of have that, you know, uplifting spark about it. And then I, I put it uh, over the, um, over a video of me and my girlfriend in Barcelona, um, because that was obviously, you know, a really good weekend and a good time. Um, I put it into a recent gym video. It it kind of just represents a a time where I was feeling really good and that's why I like it. Um, The seven lyrics, I feel it deep in my heart. Take what you will. Mate, I think that's a bloody outstanding answer. Thank you so much. Because, again, I think that that music has this kind of power to interact with us and to elevate mood or whatever it might be. Good moods, bad moods, low moods, you know, the blues right through to upbeat, you know, Eurotrance or whatever it is. that that You love a bit of Eurotrance. (laughs) No, no, but I think that is such a lovely answer. Um, and, um, And, yeah, thank you for... Uh, how do you pronounce the band? Left Wing Cody. That's it. Yeah. Thank you for introducing me to them. I have been listening to it as I did all the notes. Thank you for taking the time to to walk with me and then to sit down and chat. We had a lovely walk before we chatted, which is a new format. I mean, I just love hanging out with you. Thank you so much for your friendship, but thank you for all the work you're doing in the industry. Long may it continue, James Middleton. Lawrence, thank you ever so much. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. I love you. I love you too. Turning it off now. Okay, this is the outro. The podcast is now finished, but don't hang up the phone yet. I mean, turn off the phone. I mean, turn off the podcast because I have one more favour to ask you. If you liked the podcast, which presumably, if you got this far, you did, I did something right, please subscribe. Please leave a review. And most importantly, please tell all of your friends because it's just going to be so embarrassing if no one listens to this. I need you on my side to push this out into the world wide web. Please please help please tell everybody please and thank you so much write a review have you done it yet have you written that review see you next time bye have you written the review yet yeah.